Hey, hey, welcome to the Essential Wedding Podcast. I'm your host, Whitney Wang Drake, and I'm really happy to be here with you, friends, in this amazing season of your life. I hope your engagement has been really nice so far, filled with so many fun experiences and adventures that have brought you and your partner closer to each other and more ready to be married than ever before. The last few months in particular have been pretty wild, right? As I'm recording this, we are still dealing with COVID-19, which I'm sure you already know is a worldwide pandemic. Of all the things couples list as potential challenges to their wedding planning process or possible sources of stress in their relationship, I'm sure I can confidently say that none of us saw this coming. Am I right? These are just extraordinary times, and there really aren't too many places you can go for advice or for reference on what a couple should do when planning a wedding in the midst of a pandemic. I mean, you probably have questions like, should we stick to the original wedding date we have, which we made before this all began, and now it's coming up? Or, we don't have a date yet, so when should we be thinking about planning our big day? Or, how is this pandemic going to impact the vision I've always had about what our wedding day would someday be like. What can we still do and what would we need to change? Or should we still try to have a big wedding or should we be thinking about something smaller or maybe a destination wedding or maybe something just the two of us? Or how should I come to the day that would have been our wedding day but we had to cancel? So knowing that these questions and so many more are probably swirling around in your minds right now, it is extra important to me to show up well for you right now, friends, in this moment. This podcast has always been intended to be a safe and comfortable landing place for couples to come and listen and learn and hopefully hear information that they'll need to make the best decisions for them. It's always been about being intentional about making this season as amazing as possible, both your engagement itself and your wedding day, and nothing has changed there. The details may look a little different these days, but the mission remains the same. So now we're going to do something a little different, a little more special. And I have two dedicated episodes on planning during a pandemic. So this topic is going to be both episodes 19, which is what we're in right now, and 20 of this podcast. And I think you're going to learn a lot I feel like you're going to have a much stronger grasp on your plans and what is going to make the most sense for you two moving forward. So today I'm going to be speaking with Liz Higgins. And if you're a regular listener of the podcast, you'll recognize her name and voice because she is a returning guest and I so value Liz's insight and expertise. And here's why. Liz is a licensed marriage and family therapist. She works in Dallas, Texas. She's the founder of Millennial Life Counseling, which is a practice focused on helping couples and individuals create epic marriages, relationships, and lives in the modern world. Liz's relationship blogs have been featured on the Huffington Post, Today, the Gottman Institute blog, Prepare and Rich, and more. And Liz has a publication in the AAMFT magazine, and she continues to write and speak on millennial trends related to couple dynamics. So in our episode together today, we're going to talk about your engagement in this COVID season through the lens of maintaining a strong, unified connection to each other. We're going to talk about how to take care of yourselves and each other, even though there are probably some extra highs and extra lows being tossed your way. Your emotional health is so important, and so is how you're showing up for each other these days. Yes, the times are a little crazy, but this is only one chapter, and the perspective and intentionality are more necessary than ever. So Liz is going to help and she's going to provide a lot of really good advice as well as tips for how to make the most of this season together. And there are some big opportunities here, friends, and we don't want you to miss them. 
Then in episode 20, my guest is Bonnie Chase of Bliss Events, and she is fabulous. Bliss Events is a full-service wedding and event planning company that began in Los Cabos, Mexico, one of the world's most visited destinations for weddings. So Bonnie's going to be walking us through the logistical details of planning a wedding right now. She's going to talk us through the experiences her couples have had in the weddings, which are either taking place this year, um, or maybe they just took place or they're currently being planned. And she's going to talk to us about what has been easier, what has been more difficult, what factors have contributed to her clients' decisions to have their weddings now or to wait it out. She's talking to us about like what couples are thinking about for their guests and, and just new or different concerns that they have as they send invitations out and decide who is going to be among them on their big day. Uh, Bonnie's also going to talk to us about safety precautions her couples have taken and what adjustments venues and vendors are making and so on. So I'm really looking forward to these two episodes in the Planning During a Pandemic series. And now I'm so pleased to introduce Liz. So just hang out for these opening credits and then we'll jump right in. Hi friends, welcome to the Essential Wedding Podcast. I'm your host, Whitney Wing Drake. I own the Essential Planner Company and I landed here after 16 years in the wedding and events industry. I founded and built one of the most highly awarded coordination companies in the country. I taught the wedding and event certification program at Collin College, and today I'm a certified relationship coach. This podcast is for couples who aspire to know all the things necessary to live their engagement season to its fullest. We cover everything from choosing the perfect wedding venue to styling your wedding like a pro. In every episode, I'm joined by an expert who will guide you so well on that topic. And because planning for marriage is just as crucial as planning your wedding, we also dig deep into marriage-related topics. Friends, this is the Essential Wedding Podcast, and it starts now. so much for being a guest on the podcast today. It is always so, so nice to have you back. And you are always one of my go-tos when it comes time to recording an episode that is focusing on relationships and just the health of the relationship and making sure that, um, you know, that we're bringing our best to it. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here again. Love your podcast. Oh, thank you. Okay. So... Let's jump in. Let's um let's just get right to it. And I was kind of thinking about the best place to start and what I'd actually really like to hear from you is just what your experience has been lately. I know that as a marriage and family therapist, you regularly sit down with couples who are engaged and just in general, what are you seeing and what are you hearing? Yes. Well, we here and there's a, a group of four of us here that are working with couples in different phases of their life, a lot of them being engaged and in that wedding planning phase. And it's just been interesting. You know, I think like, like many of us probably experienced at the beginning of this whole thing, um, it took a little bit for reality to really sink in as to what was happening and what this was going to mean and look like. And even us over here, we're on month, um, gosh, I don't know, since March, mid-March of doing full telehealth. So we haven't seen any clients in person. We're just keeping that um, technological distance. And it's it's been a great thing, but it's also been like an adjustment. And when I think about what many, many couples are going through, it's just that word, it's adjustment and really having to reshape what this time of their life is looking like and changing lots of plans. And there's all the logistics of it. And then there's what really goes on inside of us as we're having to adjust and transition and change plans and cancel plans and just a lot of emotional experiences happening. So being able to kind of hold space for people as they're talking through that, whether by themselves or with their partner in counseling, it's been um, really an honor to kind of walk that path with them because it's not something you can probably sit and talk to just anybody about with them truly understanding what this has felt like to have to change things around their wedding day, their wedding experience. It's definitely a unique thing that couples are walking through right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is something that I've been hearing quite frequently. So I'll ask you if, if it's been your experience, um, 
are you seeing that this season is leading to more stress in relation? I mean, then obviously, like we're all feeling more stress, but just like what is your experience with how stress is affecting relationships? And even maybe is there an increase in the level of conflict? Yeah, I'm definitely seeing it have an effect on people. And it's been real interesting, Whitney, because there's kind of the the couples that are being ex- uh, that are experiencing maybe more increased conflict and just stress and anxiety I'll call it just from all the to-dos of like adjusting things and canceling things and coordinating and I mean some people were having to like shift their stuff like weeks in advance and that's not a lot of time when you've been planning something and putting a lot of money into this event or whatever so understandably, you know, with couples like that, there's been more conflict that has found its way into the couple relationship. And just kind of a known fact in the therapy world and it is that when we are when we are functioning under more stress and phases of more anxiety, we tend to become a little more polarized in our relationships you know that that's at least a possibility and if there are already things that we're not kind of seeing eye to eye on those things can feel even more ingrained and harder to kind of break through those barriers you know what I mean so especially if couples were already having some conflict before the whole pandemic thing began it really wouldn't surprise me to hear that they are having more conflict or have been questioning things even more internally and feeling this greater disconnect um, from their partner. It's just kind of how systems work and relationships are systems. When we're in a Petri dish that's kind of surrounded by stress and anxiety and conflict already, we just tend to go even more on opposite sides of the playing field. So I just want to normalize that too. We can be kind of generally speaking, a conflict averse society. Um, You know, conflict is hard. It's uncomfortable. Who really wants to explore pain and disagreement or disconnect during a time of your life that's supposed to be so happy and joyful? But really, I want to challenge that narrative because when you can identify what's hard and when you can work through those painful things and those disappointments that you experience and actually talk about that and figure out a way to navigate it, it can be a path to greater intimacy with your partner, greater trust, and even more connection. Um, It's just the growing pains of being in a relationship. And you know what, Liz? You actually just kind of inspired a thought. This was kind of this like epiphany moment that I had because I've been having conversations with couples, uh, you know, just through this podcast and on Instagram and exchanging messages. And so many people as couples or as individuals have been kind of sharing with me that they feel like they're almost doing something wrong. Like they feel ashamed of the response that they're having or the way that they're showing up in this season. And they're, it's like, they feel like they're kind of messing it up somehow. And I had this moment where I realized that maybe the best thing they can do and that we all can do is to try and see it more objectively. Like look at the situation from a distance. So kind of take yourself out and say, those factors in combination with each other, almost like almost like ingredients in a recipe, when you combine those things, when they all come together, they're inevitably going to have a certain result. You know, there's going to be a certain outcome that naturally follows when you pair those things together. And you, in turn, are naturally going to have a certain response to them. And you're not doing anything wrong. And it's not crazy. And you're not losing it. You're just responding in a natural way to what happens when those things come together. That is so true. It's so true. And rarely do we sit and take that kind of perspective. But really, that is such a great um, a great tool to kind of practice is that perspective taking and a bird's eye view of the situation. Because we oftentimes have such high expectations for ourselves to navigate hard times and stay strong through the worst of circumstances. But like, that's unrealistic. And we would, I mean, chances are we'd have a lot more empathy and compassion and patience for somebody else in our world going through that than we do for ourselves. And there's a really great um, technique in the therapy world. It's all about um, self-compassion. And it's essentially taking on that perspective of, 
you know, what you are going through and the challenges and the disappointment and the feelings that you're having, what would you say to a friend, to somebody that you really, really love who is going through that? What would you tell them? And so many times when I ask clients that question, they go into such an empathetic place and compassionate place of, you know, I would tell them no matter what, I love them, no matter what happens, they're going to be okay. Like they'll get through. I would encourage them. I would support them. And so it's like, okay, well, can you do that for yourself? Can you say that to yourself? And that's what can be more challenging for us. Yeah. Can you do that for yourself? Yeah, that's a great question. And I know I can speak for myself and say that it is hard. You know, I don't know. I don't know what that is. I don't know why it can be so much more difficult to extend grace or to, you know, cut ourselves some slack. Why are we so much better? So many of us at doing that for other people, but not doing it for ourselves. And, you know, especially during this time that is weird and so different and, and oftentimes so hard. Right. And I think that's just a reality. You know, it, truly can be be a skill that you have to work towards to have that kind of non-judgmental, non-reactive perspective of what you're going through. And much, much more harder to have that um, all the time, or at least from like a healthy, balanced place when you are in the thick of it. And in many, many ways, we're all still in the thick of what this pandemic situation has become. It's In a lot of places, you know, I think people are feeling even more anxiety right now in some ways because here we are, the school year is about to start. What does that mean? We have lots of, I'm sure there's lots of listeners out there that are teachers and, you know, people gearing up to go back into their work situations or maybe they have children and what's that going to mean? There's so much that can be playing out right now and feeding that anxious narrative. And again, like who wouldn't be feeling that right now. So it's okay to be feeling that, but recognize the impact that it's having on yourself, your mental health, your emotional health, and the way you're relating to your partner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really good advice. Yep. Okay. So let's, let's kind of um, change course a little bit. Because I thought it would probably be helpful. I think it's pretty safe to assume that many of our listeners are at a point where they are trying to make a decision. And it's about their wedding date. You know, many couples probably already have a date on the calendar and they're trying to decide if that needs to change, um, if they need to be rescheduling or pushing back. Um, Some people are newly engaged and don't have a date and they're like, should we get married sooner? Should we get married later? Mm -hmm. What might that look like? So I really want to spend some time talking to you about that. And um, so I was kind of starting by making a list that I wanted to share here. And um, this would just be some factors that any couple should be taking into consideration, like kind of ruminating over as they make their decision. And the first one would be... um, are there any immediate considerations? Like, is there any good reason that you really do need to get married sooner? And some things that come to mind, some possibilities might be that one or both of you are students. I know that's pretty common and you have a pretty heavy workload at school, but you have this window of time where you have a break. And so you really want to take advantage of that. Maybe have the wedding and the honeymoon during that rare window. Um, maybe one or both of you are in the military or for some reason live elsewhere. And so you're Mm -hmm. going to be, you know, physically present at that time. And so need to get married while you're there. And maybe there's some legal considerations to be thinking about. So I I just kind of wanted to open that up and hear what your thoughts are on it, Liz. Right. And I think that when that is a part of your reality and your conversation, this idea of like, hey, there's some logistical reasons for why we had this date, like it's our break from school, or like you said, military timeline, things like that. It's it's kind of become this thing now of like Tetris in some ways, because it's like, okay, well, if we do move forward with the date, what now has to be adjusted because of the pandemic situation and everything going on? For example, are people coming in from out of town and can they even travel? Will they even travel? What does that mean for you if significant people tell you, hey, we cannot come? Um, You kind of have to be able to sit with your partner first and foremost and and just know for yourselves, like, what are the non-negotiables, but what also feel like the deal breakers here? And just even hearing you list off some of those factors, I was starting to feel a little, like, rise in my 
in my chest breathing. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, this is stressful. Like to know what the right answer is, you know, try not to focus too much on that particular question as much as like, okay, here's plan A, here's plan B. Let's create a plan C. How do we feel about each of these things? Um, Because I know a lot of it is logistics too, but when you think about your wedding day, most of the time in our culture, we really, really value um, the meaningful takeaways, right? From that day and that experience and the feelings that we have. And if you're going to be feeling grief or sadness or anger because it's not what what you kind of wanted it to be, or there's important people that have told you they can't come, like maybe that does warrant looking at things again and deciding to mm-hmm. you, you know another... what Liz actually mm-hmm. you just kind of if I can jump in you just kind of inspired a thought um because I am totally following you and I think you are right everything that you're saying about um maybe having certain friends mm-hmm. or family members who wouldn't be able to be with you on your wedding day because they can't travel or they're not comfortable right. traveling or maybe they don't even live in the country and so they can't travel or Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people just aren't comfortable being in group settings right now which weddings are right but there's actually a flip side to that and I think it's worth noting and that is that there might be a reason to get married sooner than later I know as a wedding coordinator I often had couples who um were concerned about some you know close friend or someone in their family not being able to be at the wedding if the wedding is at some future date like maybe they're sick right. maybe they're getting up there in years and so the couple is concerned that if they don't get married sooner sure that person can't be there and so that actually becomes a priority yes and see that totally makes sense in that context um right one of my best friends her her dad and he's no longer here anymore but he got pretty ill, um, gosh, about two summers ago, I guess it was about two years ago. Yeah. And they, yeah, they, they determined that date because they wanted to make sure he could be a part of that day. And they did. And I know for her, like, that was one of the most important gifts to be able to have for her wedding day was her dad to be there, of course. And yeah, I mean, had they waited, who knows, like, cause it was not much longer. I think it was just about a year later that he passed. And so if that's a factor, certainly that makes sense. And then with that, you just kind of have to be in acceptance of the other things that might be lost for the sake of having those people. Um, but that could be enough of a reason to stick with your date and and to do that. I know you've come up with some other things um, that we'll talk about too, but just have to reiterate, like nothing about this is really and truly black and white. It's not super simple. It's not a straight shot. You really have to be um, creative and flexible and most of all aware of the expectations that you're holding. And we all hold expectations about what this day would look like and be like and feel like. And the situation has definitely made us have to revisit our internal expectations and maybe even release some of those for the sake of creating a different storyline here. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that is something that has also kind of come to my mind is that what if you could kind of imagine yourself in the future and you were Mm -hmm. thinking back on your wedding day as your future self would you be glad about the decision you made you know either one getting married now or waiting would you be glad still about the decision that you made because sometimes I kind of wonder or I'm Mm -hmm. nervous that people are going to be impatient like they you know they just they want their wedding and they want it now and I get that I mean how hard is it to be patient about something so huge but I wonder if in the future those people might have like a sense of regret that they couldn't have been more patient and waited for a day closer to what they really wanted no yeah I think that's huge and I love what you're um what you're kind of uh, painting there as a, as a way of connecting to like your future self almost like, how would you want to look back on this time and see that you navigated it and how you handled it and how you felt throughout all of that. And not to get too like therapist ask over here, but um, something that we have clients do sometimes is actually like write a letter to themselves from their future self. And it's kind of just personifying that whole experience of like, hey, in a year from now or five years from now, like what might I know and see and be able to kind of 
say back to my present day me that could really be that um, just, again, compassion and kind of level-headed, like, oof, that I could really benefit from. So connecting to that part of you, huge, very huge. Because when I think, um, well, not because, but like also when I think about these factors we're talking about for like reasons to kind of keep to the timeline and get married sooner or wait until later on, I think about the health of your relationship. You know, at the end of the day, your marriage is the top of the the totem pole here. It should really come above everything else, including the celebration. I know that's a big point of focus that we put um, on a marriage in our culture is the wedding date. And it certainly is important, very important. But still, your marriage tops that. So is it compromising the health of your relationship to keep to this timeline? And is it adding more stress? Is it adding more anxiety or conflict? And if it is, I really encourage you to carve out time to sit and assess, like, what are the pressure points? What's leading you to feel so much stress and anxiety? And is it really worth um, your relationship health to keep pushing for this timeline? It's it's just a very honest question you have to ask yourself. Um, one of my best friends was supposed to get married back in March, and then obviously the, the wedding was postponed, so they rescheduled it. I was actually supposed to be heading out there this weekend, but again, there were just so many hoops that they were having to jump through to make this thing happen, even this weekend, like having to put up signs um, telling people over the age of 60 or something that they are not um, encouraged to attend because of COVID. Everybody had to wear masks. They couldn't have the buffet option that they were going for. Like all these things were just not what they were wanting or expecting. And it was so stressful. And ultimately they decided like, even though they had moved the date again, it still wasn't worth it to jump through all these hoops just for the sake of having this party. And so they decided to go a different path. And you just have to look at like, what's the emotional cost that's happening here? Because there there should be a threshold where it's no longer worth <laughs> pursuing trying to make it happen if it's taking too much of a toll on you or your partner. Yeah. Oh gosh, Liz, I'm sorry. Uh, I feel so sorry for your friend. I'm sure that that was a really rough decision that they had to make. And they had to make it twice. So rough, so rough and still hard. And just being a friend, a close friend, it's like, man, I was feeling that pain. So I can't imagine how they were feeling you know, to have waited and waited and planned this for so long. Um, And, you know, it's been amazing to see too, because I think that they have made all the right choices. Um, He and his fiance, like during this time, they've done the best that they could. And from my perspective, their relationship still seems like it's in a very good place. And I think that's a total win because even though this is like the worst circumstance and something you would just never want to happen to anybody, um, when it comes to their wedding day, like the fact that they've come through it and that it didn't create this crisis in their relationship is a really big deal. Cause that's not everybody's situation right now. Yeah, no, I, I hear you for sure. That's the end of the day. It's the relationship and it's, um, yeah, it's the two of you. The wedding can happen another time. And to change the tone a little bit, I actually think, it it should it deserves to be said like we really need to make sure to include that there are opportunities that can come from needing to make changes as well even if let's say you had um you know to your point a certain set of expectations and like a vision for what your wedding was going to be and you've decided that that is going to change mm-hmm. or maybe it's changing out of necessity it wasn't your decision but it just is what it is there are opportunities here. Um, So maybe you were going to have a big wedding and it was going to be a lot of people, many of whom maybe you weren't particularly close to. It might've been a lot of like your parents' friends and parents' coworkers and third cousins or, you know, that sort of thing. And maybe now this is an opportunity to say, we're going to have a much smaller wedding. Maybe it's even closer to the guest count that you would have preferred anyway. And you can do that. Or, um, you know, another thought that I have is maybe you can turn this into a destination wedding. Maybe you didn't want to necessarily get married in your hometown, but considering everyone who was going to be there and all those, you know, just those factors, 
uh, you are going to get married in one place, but maybe your dream is to be married in Hawaii or on the top of a mountain or in this beautiful ranch in Wyoming or, you know, the sky's the limit, but maybe this might be an opportunity for you to have a destination wedding if that's your thing. And the third thought that I have is maybe, again, you were going to have a larger wedding and it was going to have a pretty big price tag. And maybe um, you're like, I would rather have a smaller wedding, have that cost a lot less, and then take the difference and put that somewhere else. And again, depending on who you are, you'll, you'll have a different set of circumstances, but being able to put money elsewhere to maybe put it in savings or maybe put it as a down payment on your home or maybe pay off student debt, that could be a real opportunity. Right. Yes. And I just hearing you talk, I'm like thinking of my own wedding, which gosh, was seven years ago at this point. And I'm like, man, if I had thought about some of these factors and maybe valued some of that more than I did back then, I wonder how differently our wedding experience would have been. Because you're right, like culturally, we just put a lot of stock and a lot of money into the wedding day. And I think um, even before the pandemic, I think a lot of people were starting to look at that again, just because like the millennial generation's in a different financial position. And we're kind of aware of some of the hardships that we've had to experience or debts that we've had to take on. And it's adjusted the kind of money we're able to invest in our wedding day. So people were already starting to do different things um, in that regard. But you're, you're spot on. I think the whole pandemic experience has really shifted us and honestly forced us into a situation where we have had to look at what's truly essential, even in life. Like things have been removed. Like we can't go to the movies right now. You know, we can't go to the same restaurants in the yeah. same kind of ways. I mean, there's just things about our daily life that we're not able to do right now. And so we're faced with this conversation just on the daily of like, what's literally essential. And so that might be this unexpected opportunity to look at the extravagance of your wedding, what really feels essential for you as a couple when it comes to your celebration and your unique wedding experience. Does it really need to be that? And if it does, that's fabulous. But just make sure that's coming from an aware and kind of self-defined place versus what you feel like you should be doing. Um, I, I do see it as this moment where you can kind of step back, take a breath and really look at what is important for you and, uh, and your partner in terms of creating this experience that's taking your relationship to the next level. Cause it's really what your wedding is. You know, it's, it's that proclamation that you are taking your relationship to that next level and it should be celebrated. Absolutely. But what we're much more aware of today, I think, is that there's many paths to a wedding and people are starting to do all sorts of things, some expensive and some not at all. So what really fits for you? Absolutely. And Liz, I love how many times you just said the word essential. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is such a great word. It is. It really is. It's, it's yeah. a word I love so much. It's kind of such a great guiding mm -hmm. principle to ask yourself what is essential for you? And honestly, if this pandemic is forcing us all to simplify and yeah. to get to the heart of who we are and what matters to us, there is beauty in that. Absolutely. And just as a therapist, I feel like it's it's um, it's a real parallel to just therapeutic work where a lot of times what therapy becomes for people is just peeling back layers and unlearning a lot of things that they were told they had to be or how they were, how they feel like they should live their life and peeling that stuff back to really uncover like, who are you and what's aligned with how you want to be and how you want to live your life and experience your relationships. And it's just kind of what is happening right now for so many people that had this expectation of what this, their wedding experience was going to be, but are now faced with this, um, I'm just going to keep calling it an opportunity <laughs> to be positive, um, to, to explore a different path. And I don't mean to like overlook the fact that it is still hard. It's still, um, there's still a lot of emotions that can be wrapped up in this anger, frustration, anxiety, stress, um, anything under the sun really is up for grabs in terms of how you could be feeling. There's really no one way or no right way to be experiencing it. But if you can have that mindset shift of letting this be an opportunity and a chance 
to get yeah. closer to the wedding yeah. that you're going to have, not the one that you were going to have or should have, but the one that you are going to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's an important um, distinction and definitely worth coming back to and thinking about more and reflecting on. So I guess let's say that our listeners have decided at this point that they are not going to get married right away, that they are going to push back and get married later. And so there's going to be some time, some extra time that maybe they weren't anticipating. And Mm -hmm. I'm kind of wondering what suggestions you may have, and I have some as well, about how to really use that time well to like maybe become closer as a couple and maybe have some new adventures. Um, Just kind of, you know, work on the relationship and see it as, as this word we keep using as an opportunity or even like the gift of extra time. How can we really live into that? Yes. Well, I think, again, we're being called to kind of get creative with what that looks like because different people could be at different comfort levels in terms of things like traveling and um, going out and doing public things and whatnot. So it's about being creative. And I definitely want to hear your list because I know you are so creative (laughs) on these things, but I will share. Well, I do love a good list. (laughs) Yeah. That's great. You're more type A than me. I could, <laughs> I'm all over the place. But I will say, like, even um, last week, my husband and I, we did, um, we went um, to the getaway experience. It's called Getaway, and you can actually pull them up on Instagram, but it's not too far from town. It's, like, less than two hours outside of Dallas, and it's just these, like, updated, modernized trailer cabins that they have on this uh, on this nature trail property, and it was so um, just such a great experience to go and be somewhere different. I mean, I'm sure lots of listeners can relate. We've been at home. We have two kids. We've been doing the thing since March, and we just needed to get away. <laughs> so I actually heard of this thing from some clients. And I mean, we went for one night. Like, I think we were gone a little bit over 24 hours. And just that breakaway to be away from the city to be away from our obligations to just kind of reconnect to nature disconnect and and um just turn off the phones and the emails and all of that like it was so refreshing even just as simple as sitting outside having a conversation with each other I mean you're it's it just really shifted us on all levels and was a really really good thing for us to do with each other. So something as simple as that and it, you know it was not incredibly expensive too so it was just really easy to make it happen. I I say look for creative things like that where you are nurturing your relationship and you're doing something a little different. Mm -hmm. Um, But getting out of your regular day-to-day comfort zone is such a good thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, I love this. I mean, go have some adventures together, make some new memories. Um, And I actually will throw out my next suggestion for another way to um, to live into this season. And that would be to get to know your Enneagram type and to get to know the five love languages. Um, and if you're already familiar, then maybe doing a deeper dive. And if you're not familiar, now would be a really great time to learn more about them. I've actually done episodes on both the five love languages and the Enneagrams with experts on both subjects. So you can definitely go back in this podcast if you'd like to learn more here. Um, but they're really great tools for getting to know yourself and getting to know your partner and getting to know how the two of you guys kind of come together in relationship. Um, And Liz, I think you mentioned that you have a favorite Enneagram book, right? Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to look it up and tell you the name of it. But I know that Susan Stabile is like a really popular name in the Enneagram world. And there's two books, the one that's called The Road Back to You. And then the second one is The Path Between Us, which is more catered to relationships. So it's for couples and it's written by the same author. So um, I would recommend those as great and very readable starting points um, on that. But I know that people get it, that get into the Enneagrams really get into the Enneagrams because they're so um, there's so much wrapped up in that. It has helped a lot of people understand themselves a little bit better. And I've really seen it transform how people look at themselves in the context of their partner relationships, because it really helps you understand your differences and be able to relate to each other um, from a healthier, more non-defensive, non-judgmental way. 
which is a big piece of the work of relationships a lot of times. And I, I love your suggestion too on the love languages. I think that a fun thing for couples to do and couples that I've worked with have even told me that they've done little personality inventories or personality tests and just sharing those answers because a lot of times it's those like deeply inherent personality characteristics that usually don't change a ton um, unless we're actively trying to transform those parts of ourselves. So again, it's just helping you get to know your differences. And so what does that mean for y'all and how can you create an epic life together with those different characteristics and strengths. Yeah. And you know what? That was the perfect segue into my next suggestion, which I know you are going to love and appreciate. And that is to spend some time in premarital counseling. (laughs) Yes. I know I'm biased because I provide this, but... (laughs) Even in the therapy world, we, we there's research um, that shows that the relationship you're able to develop with a therapist and feeling comfortable and feeling like you can uh, share anything and really be open in there, it almost supersedes like any technical approach that they provide or a therapy model and this and that. It's really important that you feel comfortable. And so we are really, we, we really strive to provide that safety and a good relationship from therapist to client. And it's just been amazing to see couples really have fun and ease into this premarital counseling experience. Um, and just to like debunk a common myth that's out there, you know, you don't have to be having problems or issues to do premarital counseling. It is such a great thing to do together from this growth perspective or like even a preventative um, perspective. I've heard people call it just to gain tools that will help them work through life as it happens. So highly recommend it for sure. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, I am such a fan of premarital counseling. I really do believe in the transformative powers of sitting with someone and having these really meaningful conversations. I think that it's life-giving to any relationship. And, um, you know, to your point, you don't need – it's not your relationship needs to be suffering. It doesn't need life given to it. It can be (laughs) functioning at at 110%. But there's always more growing that we can do, and it's always valuable no matter what. But I will also say that in conversations that I have with engaged couples, I often hear that they just don't have time. And I get it. Your engagement season is a busy time. It's very jam-packed with projects and tasks and changes and all these things that you've got on your agenda. And you just may not have time, even if you believe that it would be really helpful. And so, hey, here is um, that time. (laughs) You know, maybe this is some time that you can do that thing. Um... I also know that uh, oftentimes couples will seek premarital counseling from church or uh, temple or, you know, some religious institution that they belong to. And so to kind of piggyback on that, I will also mention that a lot of those same places have small groups or life groups, which is a place where you can kind of get plugged in to other couples in that same season or maybe newlyweds and just spend quality time talking to each other and sharing and going through life together. Um, So I think that even if all you do is get together and talk, that Mm -hmm. is really, that's like time really well spent. Um, But I also know that sometimes they will kind of spin off and do these group studies where they'll do a deep dive into a specific subject matter. Um, And so you might use this time to consider doing a small group study on something having to do with marriage or relationships. I personally actually just finished up a small group study on um, a program called I Said This, You Heard That, which is Mm -hmm. just all about the way that couples communicate based on their personality types, the way that we share, but that our partner hears and there might be a disconnect. That was really interesting. Another one that I've done, and this is kind of a little plug, but I really, I think it's great, is Dave Ramsey has a program called Financial Peace University, which is is just for anyone interested in getting their finances in better shape and, you know, just coming up with a plan and getting better organized and and learning information that'll be helpful to them in the financial realm of their life. And so I think that now might be a really great time for you and your partner to go through Financial Peace University just to make sure that you have the same financial goals and you're on the same page and you've had those types of conversations. 
Oh, yeah, I could not agree more. And it's almost like this pandemic has pushed many people into kind of like that crisis stage. I mean, this is, yeah, it's just true. And in some ways, this kind of experience, this hardship and and challenge that you're going through, it's almost like what couples later on in marriage experience. So it's a real great way to start um, just strengthening that foundation as a couple for how you're going to navigate through conflict and through the unknowns of life. Um, So I love that. I mean, these are really realistic um, and engaging things that you can do together. And I'd be willing to bet too, Whitney, that there's got to be some like online group going on right now for couples and the Enneagram. It's just become so, so, so popular that I'm seeing it almost everywhere. And a lot of young people are into it. Oh, for sure. I'm, I'm totally into it. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Really great suggestions there. Thank you. Awesome. Well, I mean, the last thing on my list is kind of a general one, but that is to take classes together. And those classes could be on anything. This doesn't have to be relationship specific or wedding planning specific. You could take a class on anything that interests you too, or maybe trade off. Um, One of you choose the class and then the next week you take a different class so that you're both being exposed to each other's hobbies and interests. But I think anytime you get to spend that kind of quality time, something really, really good and important comes of it. Um, So go sign up for something. And also, by the way, there are many classes that you can take online if you're not comfortable going out and doing that. I I love that so much. And even as a, a group practice here too, we really try to work on nurturing our relationships to each other, our working relationships. And so we're actually doing a virtual succulent um, creating class. I don't even know fully how it's going to go, but yeah, we're having somebody hop on and teach us how to do this activity. We're mailing out kits for everyone and we're just going to share in a, a different activity. And yes, it's virtual. That's kind of how our world is right now, but I just bring that up because it's something I'm feeling excited about. It's like, all right, we're changing things up a little bit. This is a creative way of connecting um, to each other and just staying in touch. And if I could suggest anything, especially for couples that already live together, that are kind of going through the motions with this whole pandemic and life's like, I'm even having a hard time sometimes tracking the days because some days feel like one really long day because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like everything's just repeat, repeat, repeat. It's a little groundhog's um, day, right? Yeah, a little bit. So it's important to shake things up and change things up. Like don't have the same routine every single day. Try one of these new activities, find a class online, something that you can commit to like a date on a Friday night, some virtual class, cooking class or something that you could do together. Um, really, really great ways to nurture your relationship. I love that you're doing that succulent class and you just made me think of something else. I don't even know if this is a thing, but one of the most fun date nights I have ever had and something that I considered to be one of the most like bonding exercises my husband and I ever did was an escape room. And I know that escape rooms are super popular, so I'm not (laughs) inventing anything here, but um, I wonder if there's a virtual escape room. I don't even know how you would do that virtually, but I'm just willing to bet somebody out there has probably created that and you could probably find a way. Um, And yeah, that's just it. And, you know, when I think about all these different um, activities and, you know, self-development things that you can do, like underneath all of that, I think about like, how does it make you feel? Because that's really important, you know, identifying how these things make us feel helps us to really pinpoint our needs and how to meet those needs. Um, These type of things like connecting to other groups and other couples and doing fun activities with your partner, I think that it would help you probably feel more connected, um, excited about your relationship, um, supported, maybe encouraged, and just even a deeper intimacy. And intimacy isn't just this vulnerable, like intense thing. It can be a very lighthearted, joyful thing, but it's just this healthy level of closeness that you have with your partner. And so think about the things that can encourage those emotional experiences to happen for you and your partner, because that's like, that's really the the lifeline of a relationship and helping it to be successful and healthy is just making sure both of your needs are being met and that you're 
you're investing into the relationship. Mm-hmm. That's very good advice for sure. And it never ends, right? You uh, you should be thinking about that always. <laughs> I know. Okay, so I have one other question for you, and I'm proud of myself for remembering <laughs> because I so often forget the last question. And I don't want to allow myself to forget it because I think it's important and I know that it's something that a lot of couples in this particular time that we're living in are, you know, having to think about. And so I know that I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I I have a good feeling that you're going to have good advice for us. So I want to talk about it. And that is um, what to do when you come to the day on the calendar that would have been your wedding day, but you canceled or postponed your wedding. Mm -hmm. And so that day is not what it was supposed to be. Do you have any advice for how couples can spend their time yes well and I just want to point out that what you're talking about there it it can bring up such strong emotions for some people and so again just the caveat that there's no wrong way to feel about that um and really what's happening there it's like grief it's grieving the day that should have been um the day that you no longer get to have and as much as we just want to talk about that I think you have to be able to let yourself feel that too, because grief in a lot of ways is like anxiety or stress or even like a panic. If we try to push it away or stuff it somewhere, usually it comes back out later and in, and more intensely. So if you can just honor that experience and let yourself feel, feel the loss that's there because that's valid. You know, you were supposed to have a wedding date and now because of these just crazy circumstances, that is no longer going to happen. And that's so hard. You know, that that's hard. I'm sure your heart feels some things about that. So just hold space for that and bring it up. And I really, really want to encourage couples, if that comes up for either of you, that you hold that space for your partner to feel that way. Don't try to silver line it. Um, Brene Brown talks about, she's, she's wonderful in the mental health field and has some great stuff out there that I really recommend, but she talks about like just how not helpful silver lining people's pain can be. Like, don't say the stuff that's like, well, at least you get to have a wedding at a later day. Well, at least you didn't get COVID. Well, at least like that doesn't help. You know, it kind of dismisses what's happening for that person, which is just, just feeling, feeling the suckiness of the situation need to hold space for it um beyond that yeah you know I I am obsessed with Brene Brown as well and so I just I want to tell you I know exactly what you're talking about I've seen that video it's on YouTube right you can look it up it's like an animated version of a talk that Brene Brown gave right and it's on empathy and it's just Mm -hmm. this beautiful way that you can show up for someone who is hurting or is having just a difficult day Um, and saying, Hey, like, I'm not going to try and sugarcoat this. I'm not going to, I'm not going to try and find the, you know, the, the silver lining or the bright side. I'm just going to sit here with you and I'm going to say, I'm sorry. And I feel this with you and I thank you for sharing it with me. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I know, and many, many of my clients, my male, female clients talk about how, that in the relationship, the woman might be the one that's more in touch with those experiences. I definitely believe the guys can feel those feels too. But a lot of times it's maybe the woman that's going to come forward with those kind of emotional experiences. And it can feel really hard for a guy that's used to maybe being more of the logical thinker or like the fixer or something. But really that video is so great. And you can just Google sympathy versus empathy by Brene Brown it's a great explanation of some of the things you can say in a moment like that um, rather than stepping in and, well, what can I do about that? Or how can we fix it? It's just something as simple as, oh, you're right. This really sucks. And I'm sorry you're feeling that way. It can be so healing to hear that for people. And um, yeah, just pointing that out. I'm glad you paused me because it is really important to pinpoint on that. I think even as a generation, we're still very much learning what that empathy in action looks like and sounds like. And it is a skill. So we work at it, we learn it, and we practice it. And um, yeah, but but to get back to like that date, I think that, you know, every person and every couple is unique. And finding what helps you get through that the best is going to be really important. And maybe a part of that is still 
finding a way to honor that day, or maybe just carve out time on that day to do something together as a couple, go to brunch, or do something wedding related if the date is still coming up for you. And um, just, you know, to, to again, honor that time and that experience, and to not let it be this like, day of a bad omen on your relationship because it totally is not that no it's not it's not wow liz i could talk to you forever (laughs) but i feel like you have just given us a lot to think about and just brought so much good advice to this conversation and i think you know as long as you agree with me i think this might be a really good place for us to go ahead and wrap up i feel like that will have hopefully gave our listeners some really good food for thought yes i think so too and just piggybacking on what you're saying like it's such a unique time and my hope for everybody listening is that they can just be kind and gentle with themselves because people are responding in lots of different ways even just around um, changing plans for weddings and you really have to go inward and figure out what is right and what's best for you and let that be good enough because it certainly is yeah And I think, you know, just in summary for me, thinking about this episode and about this time, you know, this episode itself is going to, it's a moment, right? It's like, it's it's like a historical episode that we're recording right now and future generations, not that this podcast is so special or anything, but like future generations could listen to this and experience what it was like to live during a pandemic. Um, And so for our listeners you know, this is a moment and I'm not saying you would have chosen it. I don't think any of us would have, but we all get to decide how we're going to show up to the moments of our lives. Right. And so this is history. It's history in the making. We're all going to, we're all going to get to the other side of it and it will be something for, you know, if you choose to, it'll be something to share for future generations, what it was like to be planning a wedding or to be having a wedding in a pandemic. Like who, of any of us would have ever thought we'd be saying that never never would have seen this coming and I just I so appreciate you for um having this conversation and being a part of these kinds of conversations that are really just meant to support and encourage people that are going through these things it's really really great hey guys well that was awesome It was so good having Liz on. I always enjoy it when she comes back as a guest. I don't know what it is about her voice, but I find there's something so comforting and so soothing about, uh, you know, just her voice and her advice. I always feel better after talking to her. So I hope you really enjoyed that. In our next episode, which is episode 20, it's going to be the second one in this two-part series of planning during a pandemic. And as I mentioned at the beginning, I'm going to be bringing on Bonnie Chase, who is a very, very well-known, well-respected wedding coordinator. And we're going to be talking through all the logistical details of planning a wedding and everything you need to know as you plan during the season or, you know, what you need to know to help make a decision about whether you want to. So I hope you'll join me for episode 20 next week. In the meantime, if you have any questions for me, please head over to my Instagram at Essential Wedding Podcast. Again, that's at Essential Wedding Podcast on Instagram. You'll see the titles for this series and go ahead and leave your question in the comments under those titles so that I can answer it inside the episode. And if you'd like a PDF of the content in all of my podcast episodes formatted in a really pretty user-friendly way that will be invaluable to you as you plan, um, head over to my website, EssentialPlannerCo.com. Again, EssentialPlannerCo.com and subscribe to the mailing list. I'll make sure that you always get those PDFs. They'll head your way every time I release a new one. And finally, if you'd like to follow Liz Higgins, you can find her on her website, MillennialLifeCounseling.com. Again, that's MillennialLifeCounseling.com and on Instagram at MillennialLifeCounseling. As always, your reviews mean the world to me. I really want to just confirm that this podcast is providing you so much rich, valuable content in your engagement season. So if you happen to have like 30 seconds 
please head over to iTunes and leave your review for the Essential Wedding Podcast. Thank you so much in advance. And anyway, friends, happy planning, stay safe and healthy, and I'll see you next week.